Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where Xbox is back. Kind of. Maybe. We'll find out. We're going to talk about it. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beej. I'm back, too. You are back. You were here last week, but I'm glad that you're still here with us. Um, (laughs) So I want to talk about, this has kind of been on the the back burner list for like since the beginning of the season. Um, I've been playing around with Mm -hmm. Xbox Games Pass, and I like it, and it's interesting. And I think now is a good time to talk about it, because so many people have extra time, or they're stuck at home, or I know there's a lot of people furloughed at the moment, so you have time to maybe play games when you haven't lately. And... I, I like Xbox Game Pass, and I just want to talk about, like, what's appealing about it and who it might be good for and kind of, like, just what I've run into over the last couple months. Yeah, and I've got it. Like, I actually canceled it on PC a little bit ago, but I've got it right now through the end of this month, and I love the idea of it, but I just haven't been able to sit down and play as many of the games as I've wanted to, so I ended up dropping it even though it was only 5 bucks a month on PC. Like, there's so many games. It's almost overwhelming. It It is. And so I have the ultimate one just because it was easy to upgrade to it. So this is one of the tricks. I think I mentioned this early in the year, but just before we get too far into it, um, what you can do is if you buy a bunch of Xbox Live Gold, then you can go and you can... Um, you can move all of your Xbox Live Gold into Xbox Live Game Pass Ultimate level for $1. So that's what I did when I bought my Xbox One X around Black Friday mm-hmm. last year, is I bought the maximum amount of Xbox Gold that you could, or Xbox Live Gold that you could on your right. account, which was like three years. I found a really cheap deal. I bought three years worth. And then I went and I spent one more dollar and I moved all of it over to Game Pass Ultimate. So that's what I have. But I've literally not even touched it on PC. I'm just using it on the console. Okay, so the games that are on console are actually a little different from the ones that are on PC because it's not like you're playing Xbox games on the PC. It's just the PC versions of that, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, some of them are the same game, you know, in two right. places, but the the game lists are slightly different. Yep, there's some yeah. that are PC exclusive. There are some that are Xbox exclusive. Um Anything that's like first party Microsoft is pretty much on both of them, but it's all of their third party games that are kind of hit and miss. It just depends on which platform it's native to. And it's a really good way to demo games, I've found. Like, there are games that I've wanted to play but not really wanted to spend the money on, where this is a, uh, well, I want to say it's a cheaper way than Steam Returns because you're not getting it for free within the two hours, but you can play a lot more and be like, nah, this isn't really for me, or, you know, I'd like this better on a different console, or like for me on PC, like, oh, this is great, but I'd like to play this on my Switch, kind of like I did with Ori, Uh, stuff like that, where it's, uh, it's a great way for me to try to try to see if I want to play it on something other than PC. Well, and especially for a lot of third-party games. So I'm not going to dive into every single one, but like there's a lot of really good third-party games out there that, like you said, you can just try it because you've already paid for like that month of Game Pass. But they have stuff like GTA V, like Witcher 3 is on there right now, which is huge. I mean, you know, Witcher was blowing up mm-hmm. since the show came out. Um, you can play the entire game. Witcher 3 is on Game Pass. You know, there's um, Final Fantasy 15, and they're slowly adding more Final Fantasies to Game Pass, which is cool to see. Um, there's like Wolfenstein. There's And then there's a bunch of games that like I wouldn't be willing to pay for, but because they're there, I'll give them a shot. You know, like earlier this week, I was trying out um, a handful of the fighting games that they have. So they had like, a, I think there was like a Tekken on there and there's like a Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. And it's games that I would never pay a dollar for. But if it's there, I'm like, you know, I, I might as well try it out. Um, and even stuff like Sword Art Online, like there was a Sword mm-hmm. Art Online game that 
you know, I would just glance past it and like get never give it the time of day. But because it's there, I was like, eh, let me try this. And I played like 45 minutes of it. So it is a really oh, you good got demo further than I did. <laughs> OK, like I, I want to love those games, but because they're MMO games, it's a single player MMO, basically. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of like really good. There's a lot of good like mid tier indie games, you know, where they're not the the highest level that you're like oh you know like the the high prestige indies that you and i will often go and just pay for on day one yeah um and they're not like the super low quality ones either but there's this mid-tier of games that's like 15 to 30 dollars where you look Mm -hmm. at it and you always kind of just like pause that's what happens to me anyway yeah you know crosscode is one of those where i've got it downloaded on my pc actually because i've been wanting to play it and try it but i haven't wanted to throw money at it yes it's like i'm gonna try this and i'm going to definitely this month before i get you know don't have the subscription anymore but i don't want to pay for it at all but i absolutely want to experience that game to see if it's something i want to play through Oh, absolutely. And for me, the big one that stuck out was Indivisible, which is a game ah. that I had been keeping an eye on. It's it's just like mid-tier indie game, you know, just like we're talking about. And it had this hand-drawn animation style that was really interesting. It was kind of a mix of like a Metroidvania and a Valkyrie profile, and it had some RPG combat. And it was interesting, but it wasn't quite interesting enough that I was willing to spend like the $25 that it was. Um, whereas it's on Game Pass and I'm like, oh yeah. So I played like, you know, three hours of it and kind of got my fill and then I didn't feel like I had to commit to it. So I, I was like, I, I got enough. I'm done with this game. And I stepped away from it. But that was a really good experience to have. Yeah, and that's just kind of the way the entire platform works. I guess it's not a platform. The service works where it's just really good. Like, it's really making me think about getting an Xbox, whatever the next one is called. Uh, I can't even remember. Is it just the Xbox X? It's Xbox Xbox Series Series X X is the next one. Super weird. I'll never remember that. And uh, it's, it's... thinking it's making me think about getting that one uh but i've had it brought up to me again like uh you know the ps4 or ps5 i guess is gonna have more exclusives and so it uh but this is still one where i'll probably end up getting a series x way like i still don't have an xbox one uh but i'll probably get one early in its life cycle just because of game pass well, this is one of the reasons that I grabbed the Xbox One X last Black Friday is because it was cheap and it's at the end of the life cycle so I can kind of play all the games on it. And the other thing that Microsoft had announced is that they're not going to have anything exclusive to the Series X, so the new one coming out soon, um, for a while. They didn't give it an exact timeline, but it sounds like at least a year, if not two years, where all of right. the games are going to be backwards compatible at least to like the Xbox One X, which is what I have already. I feel like I'm talking in circles with their naming conventions here. Um, yeah, but you know, all of the future ones in the next year or two, I should be able to play on the hardware I have. So I don't have to go out and buy the brand new one right when it comes out. Mm-mm. You uh, you will be absolutely fine. I mean, it's like somebody who bought a PS4 Pro cheap. It's like you're good through the next generation. Like there's there's not anything that you really have to worry about. You're not going to have to upgrade again. They're not going to be putting out another update to it. Well, it's one of the things where PlayStation and Xbox are differing here because PlayStation 5, they've said that, yeah, there's going to be exclusives on day one that are PS5 right. only. And the Xbox Series X is like, nope, nothing that's only on this platform. There will be stuff that's only on Microsoft, but you'll be able to play it on the Xbox One or the Xbox One X or on this new Series X for at least like the next year or two. So 
Microsoft oh. is trying to be more like a PC almost, you know, where it's like, yeah, you need to upgrade every once in a while, but you don't always need to upgrade right away. I didn't realize that that was the way they were going to do that. They were still going to support the previous hardware, even when this one came out, like with new titles. Yeah, yeah, for a little while. Um, and a little while being a year or two is kind of what they've been saying, basically. Yeah, that's well, kind of nuts to me. And it's for like all those Microsoft exclusives that are like first party studios, which is honestly, I think that's the most appealing part of Game Pass is getting to access to all of those. So there's like, um, there's the Rare Replay collection because Microsoft owns Rare now these days. Mm -hmm. There's games from the beginning of Xbox One that I never tried because I didn't have the platform. So there was stuff like Rise, Son of Rome, which I forgot that that was even a game that existed. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I did too until I saw it on here. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I mean, it's an action game. It's kind of in the vein of God of War. You know, it has a bunch of really cool looking executions and it's like Romans, but it, it's okay. It's okay as an action game. You know, again, I played probably three or four hours of it and kind of got my fill and then stepped away from it. And there's stuff like Sea of Thieves, which I'd seen lots of people play that online, but I had never played it. So I sat down yeah. and played it. You know, it could be fun with other people in co-op, but I didn't really have anyone to play it with. So again, played it for a couple hours. Um, but then they have stuff like, you know, the Gears series, like all the Gears of War games are there that if you're yep. subscribed to Game Pass, you just get them. And like um, Bleeding Edge, which is a new like uh, PvP game that just came out or the whole Halo series. So like the, the Halo Master Chief collection, it's a lot of Halo but it's awesome. Like, if you love Halo, it's literally every Halo game except for, like, Halo 5. And then you also wow. get Halo 5 as its own executable because you have Game Pass. So all of Halo you could ever want is on there as soon as you buy the Game Pass, which, again, you said is, like, what, $5 a month? Yeah, the PC one is 5 bucks a month. Yeah. The, right now, at least. And you can almost always find a deal, you know, where there's first mm -hmm. month free or get three months for super cheap or do what I did and buy way too much Xbox Live Gold <laughs> and then convert it over. Um, yeah, don't don't pay the actual retail rate. There's a way to find a deal out there. But I, I've found that I was having a lot of fun with a lot of these Microsoft exclusive games. So like Halo, I went back and I sampled a little bit of each game as a refresher because I've beaten all of the mainline Halo games before. Right. You know? And it was really interesting to see like how they held up or didn't hold up. Um, Halo 3 is still really, really good, which is surprising because Halo 1 and 2 are rough around the edges these days. Um, are they? I haven't tried either of them in so long that, that I didn't I didn't know how they would hold up. They are. They're rough around the edges. And then um, Halo Reach has a totally different feel because it was going for something different. And um, Halo ODST has a different feel, too, because you're not a Spartan. Halo 3 mm -hmm. just feels fantastic. Like, it feels like probably the best Halo game that they've ever made. Um, and it, it's great, you know. And then I went and I played Halo 5 afterwards. I actually beat all... I played all the way through and I beat Halo 5 because I had never done that. So. Oh. This kind of gave me access to like go and remember Halo and then play through the most modern game that I hadn't touched. So you're say I see in your notes that Halo Five says uh, they're trying to get away from Master Chief and failing. Uh, what do you mean by that? Like I I, I figure it storyline wise, like yeah. moving so away from him being the character because I played this around Christmas, so it's been a little while. Um, right. But basically, they they have two storylines that are going. Um, they tie together, but it's two different sets of Spartans, essentially. And one is Master Chief and his core team that's kind of been with him in 
if not in the games, at least in the lore since the very right. beginning, like the original Spartans. And then there's a secondary team that are like the new wave of Spartans. And it pulls in people like, um, is it, oh, I'm going to forget the name. Is it like Buck? The the guy who's Nathan Fillion in ODST. No idea. Yeah, I don't remember either, even though I just sampled it a little while ago. Um, But like they made him into a Spartan and they made like other characters into Spartans that weren't originally. Um, And so there's like, there's, Oh, what is it? It's like blue team, and then there's one other team. And so you jump back and forth between these two different teams of Spartans, and it really felt like they were trying to see, okay, we can have the Master Chief storyline over here, but what if we do this new team over here? And every time I was with the other team, I was like, oh, I just kind of want to get back to Master Chief and see what he's up to. So that was the feel that I got from that game. Yeah, that's that's always hard when you have someone like a, a narrative like that that you're used to and a character that moving into the next generation of them, if it's not handled, it's not handled right, which it sounds like they're actually maybe trying to handle it right. But at the same time, if they're just not as interesting to move forward, it can just it can be a complete buzzkill. Like it's just like, yeah, this this series isn't for me anymore. Yeah. And, you know, Halo 5 was interesting because like it's fine like it's fine it's halo and it's fine um but there's nothing really new or groundbreaking there at all and it just it made me see why halo games don't really get as much buzz anymore the way that they Mm. used to because i remember halo 2 was this huge event and halo 3 was this huge event and then by the time halo 4 came around people were kind of checking out and then i felt like i heard almost nothing about halo 5 when it came out you know, I'm thinking the same thing. It's like I heard more about Gears 5 than I did about Halo 5. Yeah, and Gears 5 is really solid, too. I played through probably about half of it. I had fun with Gears. Um, I went back and did a little bit of Gears 4 because I never beat that one. You know, I had beat right. 1 through 3. And, yeah, this is just kind of – it's been a really good way for me to sample the entire exclusive catalog for, of Microsoft stuff that I have missed out on by not having, like, an Xbox One for the last few years. And it's it's a really good way to do it. And now I feel like because I have the Xbox One X, I'm also set up for the next Halo that's coming out. Is it later this year or early next year? And then the next couple sets of Microsoft games because they're going to be supported on the hardware that I just bought. Yeah, I have no idea about stuff like that. Yeah. Like I realized that the it's these exclusives that really make it fantastic but it, it's also that the for me the microsoft exclusives aren't generally the kinds of games that i like spending a lot of time with that i like playing for just a short amount of time which is why game pass seems like the best way for it because when you said that you played about half a gears five it's like yeah that's about what i do every time anytime i've picked up a gears game i'll play about half of it and be like okay and then i just don't push forward past a certain part it's uh but that's what game pass kind of uh not wants you to do but allows you to do oh yeah it's perfect for that kind of consumption of games right like that's what i did with halo wars also like i went back and i played a couple missions from halo wars and then i played a couple missions from halo wars too and i kind of understood what they were giving me and got my fill and then went on to the next game because there's like 150 games there to just um let me try the next one um, you know, they have stuff like Forza Horizon 4, which I tried that out, and I'm just, I'm not a huge fan of sim racing games, even though this is their more approachable one, apparently, because it's yeah. Horizon instead of just straight up Forza. Um, but, you know, it's something that I would never have given the time of day, but it was there, and it's Microsoft exclusive, and I was like, why not try it? Might as well. And I had fun with it for, you know, three, four hours, and then I was like, okay, done with this one, too. Um 
I will say the highlight for me so far has been Crackdown 3, which is surprising. I get that. But I loved it. Like, it's one of the only Game Pass games that I beat all the way through to completion. Like, I I finished Crackdown 3 because I was having so much fun with it. And I kind of just mainlined it over a weekend. Not even on purpose. It was just what I wanted to be doing with my time because it was so much fun. Wow. Like, I remember it being announced. And I don't really recall it being released because it uh, not one of my types of games really but when i saw it it was like i really want to play this like this is not something i would go out and pay a brand new price like the brand new price for but i absolutely was interested because it looks ridiculous like everything about it looks so over the top that i want to experience that yeah it i mean it is silly mayhem that's the kind of game that it is and you know the agility orbs are still my favorite part just trying to figure out how do i jump or climb up to a certain thing and Mm. then you get the agility orbs that increase your jump even more and then you can jump higher and farther and like that was one of my favorite core loops in the original game and it's just as fun here um but it's a really fun map game you know and by map game i mean assassin's creed and the ubisoft model and something where you can pull open your map and see a million different things that you can be doing um this was great this was great for that i just put on some podcasts put on some audiobooks and just kind of had silly mayhem fun for a full weekend and i loved my time with it so like of all of the xbox game pass games i did not think this was going to be my standout one but it has been my absolute favorite so far that makes me so happy because it's not at all what i would have expected from you like you're right that is as far away from the games that i would have thought you would love like just really latch on to like i didn't think it was gonna be i figured it would be an indie game uh, where you were like, yeah, this is, I'm so glad that I experienced this. But no, it's Crackdown 3. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's interesting because the format of Game Pass opens you up to that, right? You don't right. have to commit because you're not really paying money for every game individually. It's just, here's all these games, try whatever. And you could bounce off something that you thought you were excited for, and then you could latch onto something that you weren't even going to give the time of day but you did because it was there and you're like, I might as well try it. So it's been, it's been super interesting. Um, and before we jump off of game pass, totally, I want to talk about a couple things I noticed just because I've been away from the Xbox system for a little while. Um, one of them is that there are a couple things that I didn't even realize about the Xbox one X or probably just the Xbox one as well. Um, that, they stick out because I've been away since 360, right? And one of the things is uh, there are rumble triggers on the Xbox One, which is kind of cool. I mostly noticed it during, like, the driving and racing games that I tried, but the actual triggers themselves rumble. You know, like, if Mm. you're in uh, a shooting game, so, like, Halo or Gears 5 or whatever, they'll rumble, like, in time with the guns that you're shooting. Or if you're driving, you'll get, like, road feedback on the trigger, which is really cool. It's almost like, you know, tire feedback when you're actually driving. Not quite, because it's a controller, but the idea is there. Um and then the other thing that it's so dumb i almost feel bad mentioning it but uh, achievements are so much more satisfying on the xbox yeah oh on xbox than just ps than just playstation oh yeah yeah like like see 
I feel that way about Steam. Like, I don't care about getting a Steam achievement. It's like, oh, cool, that's a thing. Even if it's doing the same thing on one of the others. I've started liking the PlayStation trophies. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got a trophy. What is it about the achievements on Xbox that are even different from that? I think it's the sound. I think it's like as dumb and as simple as the animation and the sound, which is all of five seconds that you notice it. But there's something about that like specific bleep bloop on xbox that just gets me it's like a dopamine hit whereas on playstation i have the same reaction that you do i'm like oh a trophy cool whereas on xbox i'm like yes an achievement and i i don't know why i'm programmed that way um maybe it is because i did so much 360 and this is kind of coming back to it for me but they just feel so much more satisfying on xbox i'm going right now as we're we're doing this i'm looking it up on youtube to see what it sounds like yes you should do I'm that play huh yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely see that being more, uh, more, just as you're doing it, it just sounds more epic. It does. It sounds more epic. It's more interesting. Um, not that I dislike PlayStation trophies. I like them just fine. You know, I have fun with them. Um, but there's something visceral about the Xbox One that it's just not the same on the PlayStation. Um, yeah, it's not. Like, this yeah. is... Huh. It's it, you that's weird. Like I I'm stammering because I just like I never would have thought about it. I didn't either. That's why I had to write it down once I figured it out. And I think it's it's the noise and the animation and there's not a lot else to it. You know, it can't really be anything else cuz most of the achievements are identical on the different platforms. So it's not yeah, the just act of getting it. it, right? It's yeah, it's not the act of getting it. It's not the interaction with it. It's really just getting it, like the animation and the the sound behind it. Yep, and that sound, you're right, looking, I, I was just, like, watching multiple videos of it, like, from gameplay or just the achievement box and stuff. Yeah, I absolutely see how when you get that, it would be more of the dopamine hit because it makes you feel as though you've actually achieved something with the, uh, the like, new epic sound it has. Yeah, whereas PlayStation's, like, I don't know, it's, it's almost a notification. And it's the like, Xbox, hey, you did a thing! Yeah, Xbox is like, you got an achievement! You know, it's so, it's you know very subjective but i noticed it um and then one of the things i mean not everything about the xbox is fantastic the ui is just junk it's still horrible um still i still don't like it i don't like it even after using it now since november i do not like the ui of like the main dashboard or the os at all and the other thing that's really frustrating for me is suspending games on xbox is not good like playstation 4 I'm so used to just hitting the PlayStation button and like putting the system to sleep and walking away. And it has never failed me right in the last like seven years that that system has been out. I have never had a suspended game fail unless I literally had the power turn off in my house. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The only time that I've messed ever lost anything was when power dropped and I didn't uh, have it saved. Yeah. And on Xbox One, I have lost so many suspended games just because I clicked on the wrong thing in a menu. And it it doesn't make it obvious to you when turning off the system will lose a suspended game or when going and visiting a certain part of the UI might suddenly get rid of your suspended game. There's Hmm. no warning or anything. And I guess I just came to expect it because the PlayStation is so good at it, but the Xbox is not. So that was one of my frustration points is that suspending games just doesn't seem to work as often as it does on PS4. 
And that makes me really sad because it's one of the biggest things about just the current generation of consoles that I like the most. That it's it is uh, being able to turn off the switch and just walk away, just hit the PlayStation button and open something else, or just hit the PlayStation button and go. Like it makes me sad that the Xbox wouldn't be like that. Like it, that there are issues with it. It tries to, and the frustrating thing is, I'm a technical person and I still can't tell you why the ones failed that failed me. Huh. Like I don't know what the series of events was, or if I didn't do something in the right order, or if I hit. Like I, I don't know. I just don't know. Whereas on PlayStation, it just works right Um, yeah but one of the things they've said about like ps5 and the new xbox series x when that comes out for next gen is that you'll be able to suspend multiple games at once and i'm hoping that they're doing that in a way that makes it a lot easier and that it fails a lot less yeah that would be great like having multiples open at the same time would be so nice just to because that's a big issue for me on not wanting to start like persona 5 of just go back up just going back in and having to get everything reloaded and get where i am just being able to unsuspend it for whatever i need to do would be a much smoother much more likely option for me yeah and the last thing that i have to mention because i i liked it a lot and so this is me getting away from nitpicking again um i really like the game pass app on my phone uh i it's one of the few apps that i actually turn notifications on for because it will give me a notification every time new games are available on game pass and i can tap into it and i can just from wherever i am I can tell it, oh, yeah, go ahead and download this and install it on my Xbox so that the next time I walk over to my system, it's just ready to play. And so, I mean, at the moment, we're all home because it's pandemic season. But before this, you know, I would be at work and I would get a push notification and be like, oh, yeah, I do want to try that game. And you hit a button and then it's like, okay, the game is this many gigabytes. Do you want to download and install it on your Xbox? You just hit yes and it'll just queue it up. And then by the time I got home from work, it would just be ready to go. See, and that was going to be one of my questions was, do you download them on the Xbox One or do you stream them? Because on the PC, you download them. So I was just curious if it was a uh, a different experience on the console itself. No, it's all downloads still. Cool. Yeah. So it's really good. Um, That Game Pass app, I would love that on PlayStation. I, I tried the PlayStation app at one point and it was really bad. It's been a couple years, so maybe it's better, but... I'm very impressed with the Game Pass app. Yeah, I downloaded it, and I honestly don't think I ever opened it up. So, yeah, I'm glad to know it's good. <laughs> it is. It's really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if if you are a person who already owns an Xbox One or have missed out on the Microsoft exclusives and you want to, like, get those and try them, um, or if you're someone who just wants to sample a bunch of games and you don't want to pay $60 every time, any of those people could get a lot of stuff out of Xbox Game Pass. Um, so I'm having fun with it. I like it a lot, right? I still love my PlayStation. Like, I'm still planning on buying a PS5. It doesn't change my mind about that. But I like this format, and I like this structure of trying games and getting exclusives and new games all the time and just kind of paying a subscription, and I'm okay with it. And, yeah, yeah, it's a good service. I like it. Yeah, that's something where I will... Especially given the way that they're doing backwards compatibility, it seems like it's going to be worth the uh, extra shell out eventually to uh, grab one of the Series X's and just play everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, So that's probably it about Xbox Games Pass for today. Uh, Before we get on to Weekly Geekery, don't forget, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash geek2geekcast. Everything you guys help with goes right back to the network and right back to the shows. Um, And speaking of that, 
we have a network. There's a bunch of podcasts. We have streamers. We have the Geekery blog. All of that at geek2geekmedia.com, or you can go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe and get it sent right to you. So with that being said, what did you do this week? Well, I've played Animal Crossing, and then after that, I played Animal Crossing, and after that, I watched an episode of Nailed It, and then I played Animal Crossing. <laughs> so Animal Crossing is still fun. Yes, I really, really love this game. Like, it's hard to describe how much I did, and Jennifer said it to her friends before uh, that... I don't know if at any other time in world history, if we would have latched onto it like we have right now, but being quarantined, having this here is just a great way for us to interact with our, our family and our friends. Like we are all the time interacting with someone and it helps a great deal. Final fantasy 14 is the same way, uh, being able to play that with Austin and, uh, being able to get on and do stuff really, really helps. It's like, I really like animal crossing though. It's uh, I've got like three extra rooms on my house now. Um, I've got the front or I've got the main room, the back room and both side rooms. So when I pay off my current debt, uh, which is 768,000 bells, I will get the second story, I think. So I'm excited about that one. Wow, that's awesome. I am not that far yet. So you've surpassed me, but I'm still having fun with it. I've been playing it not quite every day. I'm probably at every other day right now. Um, And I'm slowing down on it, which is exactly what I said was going to happen. But I'm having right. a lot of fun and I like it a lot and I'm going to keep playing it because it's a great palate cleanser and it's really good in quarantine, like you said. It really is. Just being able to sit down and chill helps a lot. And it's like Jennifer pointed out that I like grinding a lot more than she does. So it's like whenever I have a goal, it's like, oh, I'm going to go uh, do this or that. And I'm going to go to this mystery island and make sure that I can make all of this money or do this. I'm working toward that. And uh, I just kind of do it that's what i enjoy in games it's uh, i know austin and i were talking on dragon quest fm one time about how i like just grinding on metal slimes like dragon quest 9 it was just fun going out and killing those running around in circles for a while and leveling up my characters it's that with uh, animal crossing and making bells and finding new recipes and things it's uh got my goals on the island and i think i like this like the town building on this one a lot more than i like it on like dragon quest builders 2 which uh because i don't have to start from scratch with this one it's like i have these buildings i have these things that are set but i can just do what i want with them and i really like that part of it that's cool yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and it's just a lot of fun i've started pocket camp again from it because i knew that there were crossover items so i got those uh and uh, just seeing what some of the animals are out there, what they're like, I wanted to see as they're going to move in and uh, looked up things on the Internet to see what other people are building. And people are nuts good at this game, like yeah, being able are. to create stuff like it is. Uh, it is mind blowing how what how people create things like it is. It is crazy. And uh, I also decided to emulate the first one. Like I'd never played any of these before, so I uh, uh, went to uh, went and downloaded the very first Animal Crossing game on and played it on Dolphin. And this game, this series has come a long way. It's uh, it's really interesting to go back that far though and see just what the GameCube was doing. Like I'm actually tempted to keep playing it a little bit uh, just to see what more comes on. Yeah, it's interesting because the core of the game is still basically the same but yep. it has also come a long way at the same time. 
it's it's very it's very interesting for me to see that like there are screens like you don't just have one world or anything it's like the uh the link's awakening uh game where you go from screen to screen to screen in uh in the in the first animal crossing and it's just i want to i want to see more interesting changes like that that as technology has come where it came from yeah i mean that's probably part of why i did my playthrough of every final fantasy game in order is that kind of thing right is seeing changes add up over time and how creators twist and turn things as Mm -hmm. the years go on and i wouldn't be surprised if uh, that's something that i end up doing with this kind of game because i've realized recently that i think i said it last week but like housing in games has always been something that i really like and i didn't realize how much i'd liked it and so it's uh this might be something that i end up going back and doing and playing like some of the first one going to new leaf and city folk and all of that stuff just to try them and see uh with or or these types of games i might i'm gonna give stardew valley another shot and see if it's something i like now that i've wrapped my head around what i like about these kinds of games and what i don't when it comes like minecraft and uh, like straight up just building games uh, i've realized i like the structure one was structure like my time at porsche and things like that yeah i'm surprised that you didn't like stardew valley more because i love that game and it has a lot of the stuff that scratches the same age as this one and I'm going to go back and give it a shot because I, I don't know what it was. I just I liked the little bit that I played of it, but I could never get myself to care about it and keep pushing forward. Like I saw the appeal. I just didn't didn't it didn't grab me. So maybe whenever I uh, I slow down on Animal Crossing that I'll give the switch version of Stardew Valley a shot because well, I figure it's better on there than just about anywhere else anyway. What I've always found, too, is that I do really well with goals in games. I mean, you know this Mm -hmm. about me. Um, And so having like the Nook Miles in the current Animal Crossing is really cool because there's always something you could be like, what am I close to or what should I aim towards or what am I going to work on? Um, But in Stardew Valley, the equivalent of that is the community center. Did you ever get to the point where you open that up and you start getting objectives? I don't think so, no. So I wonder if you play far enough to get that, which is not super far. I think you get it within the first month of play. Um, okay. I wonder if that would change things for you. It might. It might do that because I do like having the nook miles and the goals to be able to go see those and see what I'm I'm getting near. And then I like being able to set my own goals, like with setting up the farm or something like that. It's like last night I wanted to make one of my neighbors look like they had a backyard. So I went and built the Zen fence to match their house and stuff like that. So I really like goals like that. So it'll be it's going to be interesting to see how I move forward with what kind of games that I end up playing more of. Well, after, Stardew Valley, after this Stardew Valley being on everything now is also good because I know you probably would like it on the switch the best yeah I think so and there's a multiplayer uh update to it that came out a while back and so it'll be it'll be something that I can play with other people who have that cool that's awesome well I mean Which, for me this week I did a bunch of Animal Crossing I kind of like I said I'm scaling back but I'm still having fun with it um I've been having fun sending stuff to people and decorating a couple of my rooms even though i'm not as obsessive as other people but just like you know because it's pandemic because everybody doesn't we can't interact the way we normally do i've been having fun like sending stuff to my brother and my mom and uh my kids even though my kids are in the same house as me but just like sending people things that i find that i think that they might like or might want to decorate with like that's that's been a lot of my fun in the last week with animal crossing 
that's been a lot of the fun for me too. Like that's one thing I didn't mention is I'll just send uh, send like my nephew this morning. I sent him a I had bought yesterday a soft serve hat that uh, in that's chocolate soft serve that looks like the poo emoji, and uh, I sent it to him and told him it was and just had the note because you're such a poop head <laughs> and uh, stuff like that is really what's making this game fun. So I totally get that. Yeah, that's awesome. So besides Animal Crossing, um, the other main thing, I've just been busy with work. So the other main thing that was geekery that I did this week was I went back and I replayed the Final Fantasy VII remake demo in classic mode because I wanted to see what it was like. And okay. it was it was interesting because it's different. Um, I'm also super hyped for the Final Fantasy VII remake game, which is out in like a couple days as of this recording. So I'm excited for it, but I wanted to understand like what the different modes were offering so that I could pick what I wanted to actually do once I got to the main game. And it, the thing that I found is that it's totally viable and it acts mostly like the ATB system used to, um, your character will essentially perfectly block and dodge and attack things, um, on their own. And so Hmm. you don't have to do any of like the action combat. The computer just does that for you. And then all you have to do is manage the ATB bar. So when it fills up, you just pick the actions that you do. And it's almost as good as if you were just doing like a turn-based or menu-based combat. Um, So if you're a person that doesn't want to do action combat, this is completely and utterly viable. You could play the game this way, and I bet it would still be great. What about moving your character? Because that's such an important part of action combat is moving around. I'm still, I didn't play the classic mode to see, but how does it work with you moving your character around to fight the different enemies and targeting and stuff? So think about it as if any time that you weren't actively inputting something, the computer will take over and do it perfectly. But you can override just by touching the controls. So if you want to be moving around, you can do that. But you don't have to because the computer will move around for you. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's really it's scalable, right? Like if you've never played mm. a Final Fantasy game before, if you've never played an action game before, you could put it on classic mode and you'd be fine, I bet. Um, oh, wow. But you can also like take control. You can override it. You can still do everything that you can do in the other mode if you want to. You just don't have to. It becomes optional. So for me, this is not going to be my default way of playing it. I actually liked doing the action combat. Now having seen both sides of this, um, yeah. what I could see myself doing is going and using this for grinding because yeah that's that's a good idea yeah if you're just trying to like level something up or get more experience um or more you know ability points for your materia which we'll see it's hard to tell what the materia system is without actually playing this new game um but if it's anything like the original right so i could see that if i find a good grinding spot i could kick it over into classic mode and just kind of let the computer like auto battle a little bit for me Mm -hmm. so that it's not so mindless um and then flip it back over into manual mode for the rest of the game yeah absolutely that was when you were talking about that that's what i was thinking about this is a good way to like basically put it on auto like you do on like bravely default or something like that where uh you just have what your setup is and then go grind out a little bit yeah for sure so i'm excited we might end up talking about that game next week because it comes out soon and i'm excited are you gonna get it or do you not know yet? I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided whether I'm going to get it on launch day or not, because right now I'm really still enjoying Animal Crossing, and I don't want to like 
start in on something else uh, just while I'm still like in the middle of doing stuff. So I may or I may not because I'm not terribly excited for it. So uh, like it'll be good and I'll play it like I enjoyed the demo enough to buy it. I just don't know if it's going to be like a day one or whenever I get around to it purchase. Okay, that's fair. I mean, either way, we could still talk about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to hear about it. And I've been reading stuff up to this point uh, for the reviews that have gone out already. So it's uh, not as though I'm like trying to be unspoiled for, uh, you know, a 22 year old game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, that's probably it for this week. Uh, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. Uh, we also have some great discussions on Slack, Discord, and Reddit. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure to check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast, where we watch and react to a different Disney movie every week. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast, where we talk about Dragon Quest RPGs. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. Bye, geeks.